production. This is the Rush Hour with AB and Elliot's podcast. AB, Elliot, you know, I'm someone who enjoys um, order for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we know. That being said, I got quite the thrill today. Um, I was driving and you know when the there's a, like a traffic signal fault and the lights just flash yellow? Yeah. I turned a corner, the lights were flashing yellow, and I just went, yes, I love this because it's chaos, absolute chaos, and it really separates the people who know what they're doing on the roads and the people that don't. Because Why I think, would you like that? I hate I it so much it. because people are psychos. Yeah. People get so confused, they don't know what they do, and I just go, yes, this is my time to shine. I am a good driver. I know what I'm doing, and everybody else is shit. There's Me. some real thought to it too. Like you have to be in the lane with the person at the front who has the most guts because basically what happens is that person starts and then that road just does not stop. And the other lines that are trying to come across, they're just waiting until the momentum dies off there. It's chaotic and I So being the first person there when the lights go out, that's a huge amount of responsibility. It's fight or flight. Would you go? Because I'd be anxious, you know me, and I'd wait and then I'd end up getting stuffed and stuffing the whole line behind (laughs) me. 15 minutes late to your appointment. (laughs) I would just do what looked right at the time. I can't say I've ever poured any thought into it. This is is what... This is what doesn't always work about this team because you are OCD and you have strange ticks. You are ADHD, you have strange ticks. I am every other letter in the alphabet and I need to get tested for a few things. (laughs) (laughs) Just three, STI. It's pretty good. Well done. (laughs) A bit delayed, but I got there at the end. I remember the first time I ever had one of those tests is because I'd been shagging someone on a water park and... um, they, I didn't know they don't contact you if you don't have any problems. So, oh, don't they? No. So have you never had STI? Jack? I've never had an STI, but I have. Oh, no way. Yeah, they didn't contact me. I got so, a text message. See, I got nothing. I assumed oh. I get something. So I just, I sat there after, I think, a weed in a cup, or maybe they swab your bits. I can't even remember. And I took the tablet for whatever I was testing for, but... I just waited and waited and waited. And because, unfortunately, I'd been physical with someone else since that period of time, I was freaked out. I'm like, when's the right moment to tell them? I had the worst one ever because I was dating this guy, the one that cheated on me heaps that I talk about a lot, and trauma. Anyway, he <laughs> he had one. He had chlamydia. And instead of telling me, obviously, because he got it from some other chick, he told me that my washing powder had given him an allergic reaction. Oh, you and did. then he was like, he, ga- he was gaslighter. That is gaslighting. Yeah, hey, always correct usage of it. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Thank Instead you. of being like, oh, I got it from yeah. a rash because I'm a piece of crap. Yeah. Uh, or like, he could have said his own washing detergent, but I'd washed his underwear like twice in the last month or something. He was like, must be your cheap shit that you bought. Oh. Mm. Anyway, I didn't find out till later, but I got a test. Thank Had God. chlamydia. Was it com- wait, He did, yeah. 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 I didn't get it though, thank God. Lucky. Yeah. I feel like it, everyone gets it now. You know, it's like a badge of honour. Not in the way he. Oh, got yeah, it. no shame if you did, but I just <laughs> fortunately did not. Yeah. But it's actually really bad for women on a more serious note because you can actually become infertile from it. Oh, uh, well, I had a mate that got it. She has six kids, so she's fine. Yeah, I said you might become infertile from it, not <laughs> yeah, you yeah, will. Let's share the success stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tomorrow's show, do you want to do chlamydia success stories? Well, maybe, like, in a, and I'm not making light of a serious situation, but I am. I know you, you, you're um, trying for a baby at the moment. Maybe you should, you know. Get chlamydia. Yeah, pat a koala and see how you go. <laughs> <laughs> might help. <laughs>
<laughs> try it. I mean, if people love to dish out advice. That's a that's a new one. See, that's one thing I'll never do to you. In all seriousness, I know a million people like to tell you, "Oh, you got to lose two kilos. You got to eat muffins. You got to drink milk at seven p.m. on weeknights." I do you will... know what someone said to me the other day? What? Oh my god, this is the worst one I've ever had. Mm. Maybe you're too happy, and your immunity is killing everything in it. Can confirm that ain't the case. I was like. <laughs> What do you want me to do? <laughs> be, be actively more miserable? Be more sad. Cry out. God, the advice is painful. Anyway. Hey, it's a good show today. Yeah, Matt Merritt from the, uh, from the PBR joined us. Well, I, I had no idea about this bloke till today, and he's one of my favourite guests we've ever had. It's good. He is one of my favourite people in the world, actually. I've known him for a couple of years. He's fantastic. He's going to take me to a vinegary barbecue in Charlotte. Yeah, you've got a long friendship ahead of you in America. Yeah. I'm so jealous, actually, as well. Come. Okay, sure. Why not? Is that my Christmas present? You're going to fly me over? I <laughs> will pay for your com if you can. Okay. Could you just do that bit? Could you do that? Yeah, I yeah. could. Come to Charlotte. I said I'm going to donate money to your flight fund for your right. Christmas Mate, present. come to Charlotte. Yes. All right. We'll do barbecue yeah. in the snow. I hate to the a, snow. I'm going to a football game and an NBA game there. I'm just going for the barbecue at Matt's place. You go to the sports? Uh, I can't afford to go to the oh, sports. Holy me, moly. I'll buy you dumb tickets. <laughs> Charlotte stinks, so the tickets are cheap. It's okay, good. All right. In both sports. I can do that one. All right. Perfect. Oh, that's um, fun. Um, what else did we do? Oh, we found out what people wanted to do in the Olympics. Oh, that was funny. It was funny. Yeah. You don't think I could golf? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, if I practice, like, do nine years. Like, you could be a great gymnast in nine years. No, but I couldn't because I stink mm-hmm. now. No, but this is the thing. Anything can happen after practice. Have you watched that video of that guy no, but like some who people... decided he wanted to mm. backflip? Have you ever watched it? And it's like a no. whole day and he no. films himself. Okay. And he goes, different. I'm going to do a backflip. Right. And so all day he practices and he starts and he can't do anything. He just falls backwards basically mm. every time. And he speeds up the video and every time he gets closer and closer and then he starts to slightly flip. Then he's more, and then he does a backflip. But don't you by think the, end of the, day. the people that are going to be playing golf for Australia at the Olympics are already doing golf every single day? I've been training Nine forever and years. ever. They yeah. could be 18, they could be 10 now and starting and, and being 18 by the time they go. Uh, no, you're talking about yourself. You're the one that's telling me that in nine years you'll be good to go if you play every day. What I'm saying is there's people that have been already doing that, that will have played for 10, 20, 30 years that are going to be much better. Yeah. You know what and then I there's also do? people that randomly train two years before and make it for Olympic but events. they're talented. You don't know that I could just, <laughs> I just might need the right coach. I want to do that sport where you got to run and then you've got to try and shoot the the target with the laser gun. Is that? I think a, it's in a the hepta- I think it's in the heptathlon. It's one of the events in the heptathlon. Sorry, explain that. <laughs> laser tag. No, you have to do. You have to run a course like right. uh, it's like two or three k's. Yeah, I'm or out something. already. And then you've got to try and control your breathing, and you, they give you this laser gun, and you've got to shoot the target. You got to do it. I think like three circuits or something. How is that a sport? And boxing got kicked out of the Olympics. Is boxing not at the Olympics? I said in the break. Oh, wasn't it? I said that I thought. <laughs> uh, I Once again, I... that's the second time this week he's done that, Luke. Yeah, but I admit that he's admitted to not listening. So next time yeah, you have you a never crack at me. This is the difference between you and me. I admit when I cock up. You sit there and make 12 excuses like you did today when we called you out for housekeeping. Oh, yeah, that was also really fun. I eventually did admit to it. Oh, it was a very underhanded sorry to the state of Queensland, which they deserve, by the way. One of, I would say, probably top five greatest crime you've ever committed, and I can't think of the other four. <laughs> <laughs> They're yet to be committed. It's in about 20 minutes in the podcast. Enjoy. <laughs>
app. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elliot. The most electrifying live sport you can catch in Australia is the PBR, pro bull riding, uh, back in regional Queensland at the moment. In fact, this weekend in Townsville, Saturday night's already completely sold out. I'm told there are still a couple of tickets left for Friday. You've got to head along to the PBR website to get involved there. Joining us now, AB, is a man that is front row and centre of PBR. He is known as one of the greatest in arena entertainers or rodeo clowns in the entire world. This man is royalty (laughs) on the pro bull riding circuit, not only in Australia but across the globe, Mr Matt Merritt. Hello, mate. Hey, how are you? That was the best introduction I've ever received in my 24-year career. That was, uh, I felt like I was taking a bath in unicorn tears. Thank well, you. Because you normally do the introductions. Do you feel so, like you miss out on that a bit? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe you finally you flipped the script on me. Thank you so much. That was heartfelt. Let's look a little bit at your career, how you get involved. I've never met a rodeo clown before, Matt. So how did it start? you realize you can't ride the thing, so you want to make people laugh? That, that's typically the path most people go down to end up where I am. But no, uh, that didn't work that way for me. So uh, I grew up in uh, northwest Louisiana. If anybody's familiar with the United States, I'm, I'm a half hour from Texas, a half hour from Arkansas. So rodeo was, was Western sports was normal. I saw people, knew people at high school that, that competed in things. So uh baseball and football was my thing father was a cop mother was a nurse i had no family history in it and uh then i start kind of falling in with my friends and then my parents had been divorced and the guy my mother was dating was around rodeo and um I said, I want, what's the clown about? Like, I think I could do that. And he goes, yeah, they get paid every time. It's good. You don't have to win money. And I go, <laughs> sign me up. And so then they did. And I was probably 16 years old. And uh, I've never been a competitor. I did get on one bull one time, but it was sort of like skydiving tandem with somebody. It was like, I just wanted to say I did it. I was terrible. <laughs> it was, I broke my ankle. It was bad. Oh, <laughs> Ticked it off the list. I mean, obviously, this is something that takes you internationally. You spend a lot of time doing the state circuit, but then also New Zealand, Canada, and of course, Australia. How much of the year is travel? Uh, all of it, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll go from here to uh, San Diego and do an event in Brawley, California when I get back, instead of going all the way back to the East Coast where I live. Um, I do have about three weeks off where we have our big Thanksgiving holiday. But typically, um, if there's 52 weeks in a year, I think I'm traveling like 56. <laughs> so- wow. <laughs> Matt, Matt uh, for yourself, uh, I mean... Everyone says, you know, you're on the ball that's horrifically dangerous, yada, yada. It's eight seconds of pure adrenaline for those on top. However, the moment when someone gets bucked off or or they end up off the ball... You yourself are in danger right in the center. Have you had any close calls or, or worse? Yeah, I have. Uh, but but my job, I, I don't want to take the power away from the protection athletes. So I'm a little bit different from the the three protection athletes. And those guys have worked all year here in the country of Australia to, to qualify and be chosen to work the grand final here in Townsville. Yeah. Where my job is not necessarily to protect anyone except myself. My <laughs> job my, my job is more specifically to make sure you guys are, are entertained. Yep. Um, it's a lot like your job jobs actually if you really broke it down because in between the music and the ads and the things that you guys need to do as a radio station mm-hmm. you also need to be entertaining so we're it's not a, though that's no you are yeah. you wouldn't be here if you're not <laughs> and that's what i do i just fill the dead spots at our events me and uh, the announcer and the music director yeah we'll start calling that whenever we 
going out, we're filling the dead spots. I really like that. Dead spot too. fillers, yeah. we'll retitle yeah. it. Now, I mean, you look absolutely fantastic today. You're merched out. You've got Wrangler gear on. The cowboy hat's, hat is impeccable. What's your wardrobe like? Because I imagine you got you, you would laugh. costume changes <laughs> through the kazoo. Uh, yeah, so I, I get uniforms made for the event specifically, um, and, and they have the sponsors on them or whatever we need. Um, and they're more of an athletic short and a, a jersey. They look a lot like your fishing shirts that oh, you have yeah, here, kind yeah. of bright with a bunch of uh, sublimated logos and things on them. Um, I wear ankle braces all the time because I'm getting old and my ankles are trying to tell me that. Uh, Very relatable. I played yeah. netball. That's Always thing. the hat, uh, a little bit of makeup. The makeup means something to me. A lot of people think it's just a goofy thing. Uh, the makeup, though, is initials of people that I've either lost or love. Oh, beautiful. But wait, just really quickly, how many hats? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I have one with me because of the way that I had to travel to get here. But typically, yeah. I travel with more than one because they that you know you can tear them up pretty quickly at home. I probably have twenty five or thirty. You've worked with and had some incredible celebrities in arenas with you throughout the years. Are there any that stand out in terms of name or maybe something that happened on the night? Yeah, uh, you, we were talking about football off the air, and uh, Green Bay Packers, we did an event in Green Bay, a PBR, and uh, I was lucky enough to go fill in. Flint Rasmussen typically does all of those larger ones that are aired on the big television stations. I got to move up that week, and uh, yeah, the Green Bay Packers, for anybody that understands American football, the front linemen, they're the big tubby fellows, and they never get to score touchdowns or points, right, in our sport. They, they're just blocking, and uh, so I got a football made of cheese, and I know that sounds dumb to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but in cheese Wisconsin, yeah. cheese is a big thing. Yeah. So I had a foam football, looked like a piece of cheese, and I uh, did this drop back pass, and I threw it to the big tubby lineman, and he caught it, and he cracked the lid, and he drank, and he threw it, and he shot it out of the air, and it was a little victory <laughs> dance. And uh, I don't know, I feel like I was able to make that man's dream come true that day. <laughs> and he was a bit of a legend in our sport. Again, legend, a word that we're going to use a lot in this country. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. He obviously get to a lot of NFL, but uh, I also read that, one of the best parts of your job is that you get to visit all the golf courses and a lot of fishing spots around. So is, is it pretty much a life of leisure 24-7? Absolutely, yes. It's massages and golf <laughs> and pool parties. No, it's uh, it, it's tough at times. But yeah, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm getting a little bit, I wouldn't say old, but I'm 41 and I've been doing it for 20-something years. And, you know, I've just decided if I, if I have a few hours during the day, uh, I want to go golf a little bit or yeah. fish or explore. Sometimes I'll just go to a museum or, or whatever because, uh, you know, I don't want to take for granted. And I, I do also get in ruts where I'll lay in the bed and take too many naps because you know, I'm only working a couple of hours Friday, Saturday. So you have to try to make use of your time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at golf and okay at fishing, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, what's your setup like then with, and you said before, you travel literally every week of the year with, with family back home. And how, how do you even try to balance that? Well, it's it's tough. My wife's a superhero. She, uh, we have horses and we homeschool my kids and all that. So she takes care of much more than I do. Um, but but I'll. It's weird because most people they get up and they go to work at eight in the morning and they come home at five. Well, they might see their children for a short breakfast and a bowl of cereal, yeah. and then at night they'll eat pizza together and they go to bed. So total two three hours you see your children. Well, because of our lifestyle, when I am home, we're sixteen hours a day. 
together homeschooling yeah. so yeah so <laughs> and also say that your dog wags his tail a little bit harder when you've been gone a while oh, yeah. yeah yeah that's the ultimate test i mean australia we're always sort of like the little brother we're trying to be at that level that the states is obviously pbr so professional over in america how do you think australia compares like how is our scene building up i just basically want you to tell me that we're better than new zealand yeah you guys are amazing over here the fan base is unreal i see in the airports when i'm traveling i see pbr australia merchandise on people and that speaks volumes to what's happening and what Glenn Young and the crew have done. But I will say this. I've traveled around the globe to PBRs. I've done them in multiple countries. And there is not a place where there is a smaller crew of hardworking people than what you have in Australia. So the group, the PBR Australia group, they're just in it all the time, working very hard, and they're making a lot of big things happen with very few people, so that's impressive. Matt Merritt, been an absolute delight. Had no idea what to expect meeting you. You are, in fact, the legend. <laughs> Best in the game. Write a book, man. When it comes to being a rodeo <laughs> I'd read it. Uh, and if you'd like to see him, all you need to do is keep up to date with PBR Australia on socials as well. Head to the PBR website if you can get to town this weekend, and make sure you, you check out Matt too on Instagram. Matt Merritt 8, what a delight, brother. Appreciate your time on the Rush Hour. Yep, God bless you guys. Thank Thanks for having me. All right, it is officially nine years, guys, till the 2032 Olympics in Brisbane, in Queensland. And I have a question right. for everyone out there today. I'm 13353. If you started today, yep. if in 2023 you made 2032 your goal from now, you began training, you commenced your descent to success. Yep. Ascent, the other one. What realistically could you make it for the Olympics in 2032? Which sport? Have you poured everything into the next nine yep. years? If you went full Knowing focus be right now, nine years older. What could you qualify for in 2032? Right. Because, like, let's immediately just put athletics and swimming off the table. What made you think this? I'm just curious as to what you... Okay, so there's been a few sports that have been added, obviously, in recent years. Climbing, skateboarding and surfing was for the 2024 Olympics. Uh, For LA in 2028, they've got baseball, softball, cricket, T20, of course, uh, flag football, lacrosse and squash. Also, breakdancing has been added as a sport. So there's a range of different ones that make it more possible. Obviously, there's something that stands out to you, which is why you have this thought. Yeah, 100%. What? Golf. <laughs> Please, Harry I'd start Webb. now. You suck at golf. I'm okay You're at golf. You're not okay at golf. No, but okay, think about it. If I went every single day from now to the golf course, I played nine holes a day. In fact, you know what? If I was that focused, i go morning nine, afternoon nine, 18. Then i go to X golf and do digital golf. I could no, go couldn't. okay, and then I could also check into my family history, see if we have a random fringe is. nation that yeah. I could qualify for. And, hey, mm. I could be a Scottish Isle of Skye golfer. Okay. One, triple, three, five, Actually, three. I think they're better than Australian anyway, so maybe not Scotland. If you poured everything into the next nine years, what is your Olympic event that you qualify for? I, I did have a think about this. There was a few. Okay. But first up, speed walking, because how hard is that sport? Dead you set. can't lift your feet off the ground. It's, it's actually really hard. You just hard. walk fast. How dull. Second of all, I was thinking maybe flag football. I love the NFL. It's gridiron without tackling, but a lot of fast movement, all that kind of thing. Also, I'll be mid-40s, closer to 50, no good. The, the one I did think of, again, I'm looking at lineage here, with my current setup family-wise, my father-in-law being a resident 
in the United Arab Emirates, oh, I could get qualify. residency. I could qualify for their rugby sevens team, which they're looking <laughs> at putting in. They've never put one in before. And I'll say this. I actually played against their national team once in rugby sevens, and I played for a town in Canada called Niagara, and we beat them. So... I would You're like to shooing. think maybe half a chance. I'll go rugby sevens for the United Arab Emirates, a country okay. I'd be proud to represent. I'd do break dancing as well just because it would be great to learn it. You know, give me a bit more credit the clubs. All I can imagine is you laying on the back like a turtle, unable to Doing get off a little it. No, just unable to get back Well, we're doing up. a lot of Pilates. I can nearly do the splits. Oh, my God. Okay. But I was disappointed for you because they cut boxing out, and I know you're boxing all the time. Unfortunately, that is no longer an Olympic sport. Yeah, but I'm not going to get to an Olympic level. True, true. There is that. I'll try to compliment you. I appreciate it. One, triple, three, five, three. Yes. Queensland. Yes. 2032 is your goal. Mm-hmm. Which sport are you qualifying for in the Olympics? Let's go to Toowoomba first. One, triple, three, five, three. William, tell us which event are you going to be at 2032 for? I'm going to be a bull rider. Like that, William. You sound like a young fella. How old are you now? 11. 11. So you'll be 20 years of age. Is it something you already do? Yeah, I ride bulls. Okay, William actually very likely could be there. We might have to we might have to keep in touch with you, William, and see how your training's going. What's the plan? Uh, hopefully be in the PBR. I like that. That's the first step. We just had, a, if you missed it, William, bug your, your mum or dad tonight to let you listen to the podcast. We just spoke to one of the rodeo clowns from PBR before. Yeah, you, yeah. I've met him. You've met him? Matt yeah. Merritt? Yep. Oh, William. I mean, with your parents' permission, can we know what your surname is? Because I just want to be able to tell people one day that I did meet you. William Droney. Okay. Ooh, all right, remember Done. the name. Or Billy the Kid would be a good nickname oh, for Okay, kid. yeah, we'll, we'll look at that. Good on you. All right, we'll touch base again, William. Uh, let's go to Townsville up next. Darren, you've got nine years. AB is absolutely no hope of being an Australian golfer by then. But what have you convinced yourself you could do? Horn uh, bowls. Very probable. Now, do Very you get... probable. I mean, that's an... Oh, yeah. e- once again, nine years. It's plenty of time. Darren, have you already started? Oh, uh, look... Well, yeah, I've started at the other end where you go to the bar. After it, but, um, <laughs> so hang on. I'm kind of, kind of figuring, like, if I've got nine years, I yeah. should get a little bit fit walking up and down the green, <laughs> doing some bends here and there, a little bit of calisthenics or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, start wearing the whites for practice. Darren, what is the highest level you've played at currently? Um, barefoot. Barefoot. <laughs> with the beer in the other. <laughs> to be fair, barefoot drunk is the hardest way you can play. You so. are so critical of this. Can I just point out? <laughs> I'm not critical. I'm just I've asking how he's going to I've got three words there. for you. Yeah. Good on you, Eddie guys. the Eagle. If you've seen the movie, if you know the story, that bloke decided he wanted to be a Winter Olympian ski jump guy, right. and he did that in like three years. Okay. All You're right. pretty injured, but Corey still. and Mackay, I don't know about any of this, but you've got nine years. The Olympic Games coming to Queensland. What are you qualifying for? Uh, look, I don't know if I'd quite be an athlete, but I reckon I could be the guy that shoots the gun that starts the race. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could qualify for that. Yeah, I mean, you're technically representing your country. Well. So you don't reckon you could get into the clay pigeon shooting or something if you were going to go down that tanks. line of work? Oh, no. No, not loaded. I'd hurt myself. <laughs> 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 in nine years, you still won't I learn. actually think that would be such a nervy gig, Corey, that having to fire the gun off because you literally you have one moment, one opportunity, you know what I mean, to seize everything you ever wanted. Okay, Evan, Evan. <laughs> well, 
That's why I have to practice for nine years. True. Okay, just fire a gun in the air every day. No, don't do that. (laughs) Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elliot. Got him on. Got him on. This is Out of Town with Scott Hillier. Can't be this sort of stuff. Every single Saturday afternoon, 5.30pm, Crick to Coast on Channel 7, exploring the great state of Queensland, a man that is here, there and everywhere from the program. Scotty Hillier, what do we expect on this week's episode? Oh, can I just say my favourite part of the week, team, talking to you two. Hang on, sorry, pause. That's, sorry, that's bullshit. Because, for those that don't know, you literally, your job is to explore all the great fishing spots, to sit there throwing a line in and drink and eat and whatever. A five-minute interview, mate, is not your highlight. You tell everyone that. okay. Actually, you you two know me well. I've been caught at least. Yeah, okay. Uh, Well, now I feel bad. But I do love you two. And (laughs) this week on the show, there's a bit of nudity. Elliot, you can appreciate this. Oh, not yours. Um, Not yours. Not yours. Well... What we're doing, we're we're out at um, Julia Creek, and they've mm. got um, some artesian bar- baths out there, oh. natural spring water, and they requested Ooh. the big man get into one. Ab, oh. so I didn't want to just get down to my budgie smugglers and hop in a bath on national television. So I requested extra bubble bath. No. So I'm surprised I... <laughs> you didn't get your stuntman to do that, Scott. I mean, you get well... him to do all the camping and the fishing anyway. <laughs> they call him yeah, Ten so... Inch Tom. Yeah. They do, yeah, they do seven inch Tom. Uh, so my my only deal with the, with the with the producer was if there was heaps of bubble bath. So this uh, Saturday on the show you will see me, and I put a couple of extra because I I wanted to make sure my man boobs didn't go didn't on television. So I put an extra like liter of this bubble stuff in. Well, I get in the bath team. Can you imagine when a, a porcelain bath is slippery? How they got me out of the bath? Oh, it was like I've rescuing a baby before. whale. So, <laughs> Scott, what happens if the ratings spike in the best way possible this weekend? Will there be trust, more like nudie beach? Structures change of the show. Yeah, no, trust me, we have Lee Castledine who has the body of an Adonis. Uh, yeah. No, sure, there's no way that the, uh, it's spiking. And we also visit the um, the Crocodile Dundee, the pub out there where they film Crocodile Dundee. Yes, so, it's, it was for sale a little while ago, Scotty. Have they yes. actually managed to get a buyer? Oh, there you go. Yeah, we met the, the current owner. Well, he may have sold. This was months ago. But he was a lovely guy, and he brought out the big replica knife, and I'm sitting there like I'm Paul Hogan saying, yep. that's not a knife. That's yep. a knife. Yep. Uh, and another thing quickly, too, team, before we go, is that the East Coast Barramundi closure has now kicked off. So no one in the salt can chase Barramundi, but we can still head out to the stocked impoundments. But, Elliot, you're going to need to get yourself a sip. A what? Do you know what a sip is? A sip, S I P. A sip of beer to accompany the beautiful barrel money that we eat. You get one guest for five hundred thousand dollars, Elliot. What would be a sip? Uh, you need to take one out. Student in poverty. No. <laughs> well, I thought it might be a you know those things where they're shortened. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Okay. A stocked impoundment permit. Well, you'll need a little permit. So close. Yeah, you'll need yeah. a little permit. Yeah, but it's yeah. actually not too bad. So yeah. for those wanting to go and chase Barry, you can still do that. Weather looks good for the weekend. The northern Spanish mackerel closure has finished. So everyone can go and chase Spanish mackerel. All looks good. All right. Well, a sip could be Scotty in peril, and he will be this weekend in the nude on oh, Creek's Coast. Or maybe his stunt double uh, with a yeah. real version of That's Not a Knife, This Is. Uh, that is 5.30, Channel 7, Saturday afternoon, Creek's Coast. Our man, Scotty Hillier. Appreciate your time, brother. Have a great weekend. Good morning, team. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elliot. And producer Luke is here as well. 
Housekeeping. Well, well, well. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. The most likable character on this show, AB. Whenever we get our stats back on likability. I thought I was. <laughs> no yeah, one cares about you. <laughs> Your likability comes back through the roof, mine's in the toilet. Understandable. You're one of the great fence sitters. You're on everybody's side at all times. You'd never annoy anyone ever. Thanks. So nice. That felt like a compliment, but it wasn't. Housekeeping is all about holding our team accountable so stuff doesn't stew and linger for long periods of time. This is my favourite faux pas of yours yet. This is the difference between you and I. What's that? I never bring housekeeping because I never have a crack at you. Or I never do anything wrong, ever. No, I just um, let things slide. Learn so how to let things slide. One time you actually did have an opinion on something was April 14th of this year. Uh, and, and Luke actually scoured the deep, dark... <laughs> audio web to find this. Let me play a little bit of audio when you were going off on a certain type of person. Yeah, I just think that filming concerts is stupid and that there's no point. You're not going to go and watch it back. It's crap. It's stupid. I, 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 whenever I see someone pull out their phone at a concert, I pity them. I pity the fool that films. I pity them. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. Oh. Hmm. Last night, you went and saw... Who was it again? Paul McCartney, That's right. bro. That's right, Paul McCartney. Yeah, and obviously filming, filming concerts is stupid, ridiculous. I pity so the fool. I pity, I pity these people. It's stupid. However, I went onto Instagram last night, and on AB's Instagram stories, there's, there's 10 minutes of this. Ten Can't tell how loud your voice is when you're filming at the time, mate. Okay, that is the worst backflip of all time. No, yes, I put two stories of that concert up. Okay, a video. Okay, there was a woman in front of me at the concert. No, no, don't do this. Who had a tripod? Don't do this. And was filming it the entire time. And at one point, I whistled, and Mm. she gave me a death stare. I was like, Mm. "Hun, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a bit of noise. It's a concert in a stadium." Annabelle, this is not about tripod woman. This is about you. I I just want to go back one more time. Yeah, I just think that filming concerts is stupid <laughs> and that there's no point. You're not going to go and watch it back. It's crap. It's stupid. I, 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 whenever I see someone pull out their phone at a concert, I pity them. I pity the fool that films. I pity them. It's stupid. And one more time. <laughs> Great footage, by the way. On ABC's Check Instagram it out story. on my Instagram, yeah. AB underscores baby. I mostly got my sister-in-law in the video and my mum singing along, but yeah. You did what you say you hate. <laughs> it's not the same. It's 15 seconds. I didn't make a documentary length movie okay. that I'm going to make okay. you and Luke watch back tomorrow morning Let's that I put to in the, the calendar. Let's go shall we? You said. Yeah, I just think that filming concerts is stupid. You didn't say any period of time. You just said filming concerts is stu- And unfortunately... And I had to double check it was your account because there's no way. <laughs> that was you last night. And it's, Paul McCartney. It's, it's the, uh, it's the, the yeah. moment you whip yeah. out the phone bit yeah. that I go, hmm. So uh, I would like you today to offer <laughs> a formal and sincere apology to the Queenslanders you slammed. I'll just give them a second to set up their cameras. I'm s- sorry? No. No. There's a difference. There's oh. tribal people and there's me. That's not what you said. Dead set. What okay. a great I'm backwards. sorry. <laughs> Obscure History with Elliot Lovejoy. 
I, I want to tell you a story today about one of the most incredible women I've ever heard of. I'll flash you back to World War II. In the 1800s, they attached bells to the coffin door and the arms of the people, so if they're still alive, they'd hear a bell on top of the grave and they'd dig them out. Saved by the bell. That was literally ride shotgun. So the passenger would carry a shotgun in order to scare off robbers who might want to attack them. Guys, I have a new vested interest in modern history. Isn't it? When does it cut off for modern history? What year? We ask this every week oh, and I, I think forgot. about looking it up and then I don't. Roughly. I'm going to say modern history is within the last 200 years. Okay, I have sure. a vested interest in ancient history uh, because <laughs> today I bring you a tale from 1784. Now, with all the shite that is going on at the moment in the world, wars, horrible, horrible things, lots of people sad. Honestly, I make a concerted effort not to read the news because there's so much awful going on. I've tried to find the battles in history that were a little bit more peaceful. Last year, we learned about Liechtenstein, the country that had 80 soldiers, went off to war. They came back with 81 because they recruited a potato (laughs) farmer. No lives lost. It's, in fact, the only war in history where it had minus one casualties. There is another war in history where there were none. In fact, in this war, there was only one shot fired the entire time. So as we go back to 1784... I want to tell you about the Kettle War. Now, this is between the Holy Roman Empire and the Republic of the Seven Netherlands, which I assume is just the Netherlands now. Sure. Where'd the other six go? (laughs) That's a great question. United States of the Netherlands. All all over the place. Um, So these both sent off hundreds and hundreds of troops to fight against each other, right? They had boatloads. There was two warships each. There was merchant ships. Another warship popped up somewhere else, and they all met at this battleground. And, and imagine this. So let's say you got, I don't know, a 1,000 on one side, 1,000 on the other. They're facing against each other like you have on a football oval. Mm-hmm. They all held their guns there, but no one engaged. Someone on the Holy Roman Empire side fired a shot. It bounced off a kettle that the other side had brewing. Everyone panicked because the gunfire scared them off and they said, you know what, let's call it a day. (laughs) And they parted. No lives lost. One shot fired. Ammo stored forever. What a peaceful nation. Holy Roman Empire and the Republic of the Seven Netherlands. I don't think the Holy Roman Empire was that peaceful generally. But let's say the Netherlands were. It's interesting because, like, obviously those wars, particularly Mm. the ones over in that period, the 1700s, 1800s, they would do those fights where it would they'd just be step walking towards each other yes. and then they'd politely fire each. It was very, very uniformed and, and odd. I learned about that in that movie. Um, what's the Mel Gibson one? Brave. No, 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 no. He goes Get to America. To no, no, he goes to America. He's an American and then North is fast oh, fighting the South, the Yankees or whatever. You know, today's actually the 89th anniversary of the Great Emu War as well. Oh. oh, oh, yeah. I That's didn't know the one Americans that. always used to argue that we need gun control. Well, we're idiots. We literally took us. If I didn't know enough about, it, we literally fought emus. And the yeah. first battle we won. I'm saying we as humans. The second one we lost because there's too many of them. Yeah. We lost to birds. I know that's their thing. They're always like, oh well, you couldn't even win a fight against birds. Oh dear. All right. To be fair, yeah, pretty intimidating birds. Big scary bastards Huge. they are. Yeah, no, thank you. Triple M's rush hour with AB and Elliot.